Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Big and Small Media Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm the small one. And I am Darren. I am the the big boy. Yes, sir. And we are back again with a special guest, Mr. Brett Neithamer, who's here with the uh, the last episode on uh, Justice League. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. And we bring you back because uh, last time you were the resident Snyder Cut fanboy, and this time you're the resident Godzilla fanboy. So <laughs> it all <right>. works out. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, man. But one it's fanboy funny. is better than the other fanboy, and you guys can probably guess from the last episode which one I think <laughs> is the better fanboy. So. <laughs> I agree. Fair. Uh, it's funny because these two movies were my two most like anticipated films this year, so I was looking forward to that, Snyder Cut, and this the most. So the year's over for you then, huh? It's it. That's it. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Um, Before we jump into the lizard versus monkey debate, uh, I got a little bit of news I wanted to talk to people about. The uh, Suicide Squad trailer finally came out. Oh, there's two of them, technically. (laughs) Good old James Uh, Gunn. So what, what are we thinking about this? Does it look better than the first one? I mean, I absolutely think it does. I mean, I'm I'm a big James Gunn fan. Um, loved him ever since I saw Slither. And Super was really fucked up and really great. So I'm very pleased to see him returning to like his R-rated roots. Um, it do- I will admit, it does kind of feel like just R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy a bit. Um, which is like a slight bummer, but it's not enough for me to not be interested. I love James Gunn's voice, and I think he's hysterical. And I'm really excited to see like what kind of absolutely bonkers shit he does in this movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely there with you. I think it looks pretty wild. Definitely leagues above the first one, in my opinion, already, just from the trailers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the cast alone sells the movie for me, so... <laughs> it looks like what the first one like wanted to be after being morphed away from what it was supposed to be. Yeah, but failed at being what it wanted to be. So yep. um, no, I, that's a really good like way to look. I, I I think that's a really good analysis. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It look definitely looks like it. The new one looks like it is going to be what the last one wanted to be. Yeah, after it switched from being what it was supposed to be. So yeah. Um, <laughs> It looks good. I think it looks pretty entertaining. It looks a little bit, maybe, I don't know, dare I say campy a little bit. But, um, yes, I agree with um, that. But uh, I think it'll be good. I like campy, so. Yeah, I think it's it's. I think it's kind of going for that, just with like the characters it has. With like yeah. uh, Arm Fall Off Boy and all that other stuff. Like, <laughs> Hogan Random ass characters. <laughs> King Shark being played by Sylvester Stallone. Yep, yep. <laughs> See, I actually was thinking that was going to be Steve Merchant's role because apparently Steve Merchant has an undisclosed role in the film, and I was thinking it was going to be him. Uh, but uh, Stallone's a pretty pretty interesting choice, and the way they're playing off King Shark looks fun. Right. I thought it was going to be uh, Taika Waititi doing King Shark because he also has a role that we don't know about yet. So I think I think he's going to be the original Rat Catcher because like the main girl on the team is Rat Catcher Two. Oh, okay. So. I think I think we're gonna have a scene with her mentor, and I just like that's that's like one role that they haven't like talked about. So I'm just like, you know, that could be one of the ones that that might be Taika's role, <clears throat> right? <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that too. Um, I think it's really cool that they're bringing Starro in. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, but he's definitely going for the wackier, more obscure characters. Um, and I think that's going to pay off. Like, I think James Gunn relishes in the underdog and the unknown. And that way he can kind of put his own personal spin on everything without everyone getting all pissed off. That, like, you know, if if he if he tried to do a mainstream character, I feel like he would definitely be a little bit more restrained. Um, right. But using these kind of unknown and then having... Uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn back is going to be a fun addition. I'm actually one of my favorite character in the original Suicide Squad was Captain Boomerang because he was like self-aware of the bunch. And I was finally able to like enjoy Jai Courtney as an actor because so much of the time he's doing an American accent and he's focusing so hard on trying to get his accent right. that His, his performance feels like a really wooden and when he was boomerang, he was able to just use his his classic Australian accent, and I think it like really helped. He could just be Lucy, like Lucy Goosey, with it and have fun. And I'm genuinely looking forward to uh, his role in this one because I think uh, I think uh, James is gonna really write him to the best of like he's gonna utilize him like very well. I think. Right. <clears throat> I think it'll be really cool. It's going to be interesting to see who they kill off in this movie. <laughs> yep. Yep. I have a feeling Rick Flagg is done for. Yep. I think uh, Nathan Fillion's character will probably die. Yep. Uh, they have a lot of throwaway characters, so it's yeah, probably going to be true. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. But I'm and excited I for that. I genuinely think the only character that is like safe is Harley Quinn. That's probably the only character that uh, I don't think they'll kill. Anyone else is free game. Yeah, that's fair. Because she well, she probably has like more movies and stuff coming up. So. But. Yeah, she's a real popular one. <laughs> well, I guess uh, what's his name, Peacekeeper or whatever. He, I mean, he's oh, got yeah, a, yeah, he's yeah. got a show coming oh, out. So. That's true. That's true. So but it's probably it could be a prequel show. So. Yeah. yeah, it might be. I'm genuinely looking <laughs> forward to that, though. That's going to be ab- just absolutely outrageous. Is James Gunn doing that one, too? Yep. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> he went straight from the Suicide Squad to the Peacemaker TV show, and he's going straight from that to Guardians 3. Nice. He's very busy. <laughs> Making all kinds of cash. They tried oh, to I cancel think. the man, and he came back stronger. That's fucking classic. <laughs> so good. All right, then the one other piece of news that I had to talk about was the Obi Wan Kenobi series got their cast revealed. Oh yeah, it's pretty stacked. It is pretty pretty crazy. Have you seen that, Darren? With the cast at all? Uh, I mean, I knew the rumblings and whatnot about uh, Hayden Christensen coming back as Vader, but yep, um, yep. I haven't really heard anything else. I don't think. Yep, he's coming back as Vader. Uh, Camille Nanjiani's in it. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. Interesting. Joel Edgerton's in it. Oh, Joel Edgerton? Uh, I fucking love yep. him. He's super underrated, I feel like. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's a great actor. He's in so many good fucking movies, but he's like really underrated, I think. <laughs> yeah, the, the cast looks good. And they're... Is Ewan McGregor still playing Obi-Wan? Even though he he's old as fuck now. <laughs> yep. He's the perfect age now, yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. that could be true. I guess it depends That's on when true. it takes place, I guess. but It's ten years after Revenge of the Sith. So Okay. So, 10 years. How long was that movie? How long ago was that movie? Was it 10 years or so? It was 2005. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> Almost 20. Yeah. Closer to that 20 than 10. Senior Peter Jackson's King Kong came out. Jeez. Shit. That's crazy. Well, <laughs> speaking of King Kong. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. 
the old Godzilla versus Kong finally came out. What a transition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. It's I feel like that movie was so weird because it like it felt like it should have been out forever ago. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be out forever ago. Yeah, it's true. It it got, was supposed to, wasn't it supposed to come out like last March or some shit? Yep. It was supposed to come out uh, last summer, and then it got pushed to November for visual effects, and then it got pushed again for COVID. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That'll happen. And then yeah. we, we didn't have a trailer for it at all until like fucking oh, two month months ago or something yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that was that was ballsy i think that really i think that paid off though that was a great marketing strategy because i mean really i mean how much marketing do you have to do for that movie the title sells it alone godzilla versus yeah Kong. yeah like, right the, who doesn't want to see that know, dude it's so it's funny because smart of them right i've seen i've legit seen people complaining online about um how the movie is legitimately Kong versus Godzilla. Like, that's the main premise. They're like, oh, if you just want to see a movie with two monsters beating at each other, this is the movie, but nothing else. It's not that great. And I was like, it's literally what it's supposed to be. It's yeah, called that. That's the title. Yeah. And obviously they didn't pay attention because, dude, I loved Kong's fucking journey in that movie. So yeah. it was great. It was yes. awesome. I think, I think Kong Skull Island is like my second favorite of like the MonsterVerse stuff. I think, that they've done. I think Skull Island is the best of the monsters. Now, it's not my favorite, but I think of like the films made, I think it's it's the best film made because like I, I rewatched the 2004 Godzilla and I actually liked it a lot more than I did when I rewatched it before King of the Monsters came out. And first of all, let me tell you that that 4K is a revelation because that Blu-ray <laughs> is criminally dark and the 4k lightens everything up in a very natural way it doesn't feel like brightened kind right. of but it, it just it's just now you can see things and it feels a lot better i still think that the main character should have been brian cranston instead of aaron taylor johnson because oh. he's he's all right but i think he's he's of the main characters in the monsterverse franchise i think he's the most boring like yeah. he's I was so just, bummed when fucking uh, Brian Cranston's character died in that movie, like in the first like right? thirty minutes or some shit. I was yeah. like, "All right, thanks." Because <laughs> he, so, he was advertised as like a big part of the movie. Yeah, and then yep, he fucking absolutely. died. I was like, "Okay, yeah. all right." So like he's got yeah. kind of like the the most boring character, and then King of the Monsters, I love, but it's got some of the worst dialogue ever, and it also has these like criminal um like plot, you know moments where like she overhears the villains plan through like the intercom that they left on and i'm just like oh <laughs> like just these like like kind of cinema sin type things um that like i think bring it down and then uh kong skull island was i loved it, it and i think it it um it benefited from like truly knowing what kind of movie it was and embracing the kind of ridiculous nature of it all. But I think Kong Skull Island is the one that like did that the best. Cause you had like John C. Riley, you had Sam Jackson, you had John Goodman, and they just really nailed that like pulpy fun, uh, like 1970s war movie feeling. And then just stuck a giant ape in there. And, like, I think it's kind of balanced the best. I love all of the MonsterVerse films. And I think they're all quality movies. But I just think Kong Skull Island maybe, like, hits that balance just right. It has one of the yeah. better casts, too, in all, in all honesty. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of fucking powerhouses in there. Especially Samuel Jackson. Like, 
and John Goodman. Holy shit! And, and Tom, I mean Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston's in there. Yep. And, Brie Larson yeah. and like yeah, That's and and John stacked. C. Riley is yeah. like he is such a well written character where like not only is is his performance fantastic because like really only John can be able to ping pong. From that, like, kind of ridiculous, goofy madman that's been left alone for 20 years, and then pivot, like, to this dude legitimately breaking down over the thought of a hot dog and a beer. And you actually right. feel that, and you're like, oh my God, like, yeah. Yeah, the end scenes with him, like, meeting his family always get me. Like, yeah, yeah. At, the, at the end. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was like, a, one of the most heartbreaking scenes I've seen in forever. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that John C. Riley would ever make me feel this fucking sad. Like, right. <laughs> what? I mean, the guy from Check It Out. <laughs> right. Steve Step Brewer, Brothers is really he did it again. Yeah. <laughs> so good. But, yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, I think Kong, I think Godzilla versus Kong was, like, a really great, follow-up and and you you mentioned kong's journey darren and it's like it's interesting because it kind of it kind of is a, like it's a king kong movie like he's the main character yeah it really kind of is yeah. Him, yeah. and then like it may be after it may be like a sequel to godzilla king of the monsters but it is definitely kong's movie yeah yeah they definitely Which focus on it now. i am an outlier and i fucking love king kong I like I like him I, more than Godzilla. So, um, dude, he was so fucking he was such a hard ass in that fucking movie. I was like losing my mind. I was like, dude, this is so cool. And it's probably because I'm a big ape motherfucker myself. So, <laughs> I mean, personally, I mean, I just grew up on Godzilla more, so I do have right. a little I mean, bit more love that, for that. But like, that makes I sense. mean, I King Kong is literally a cinema legend, and like, there's it's he's such an important character. He he is so important to the history of cinema, and he's such a wonderful character. And yeah, like his journey in this film was fantastic. Having him learn sign language, I thought was a brilliant next step for the character. And I was like, wait a minute, why have we like not actually ever had this before? And it's so weird to think about that. Like we've at least in film, I don't know about uh, any of the TV shows, but in the movies, like Kong's never actually like full on. Like he's kind of done a little bit where like you can tell what he's trying to say, but it's never full on sign language. And I thought that was like so good, and it proved like how fucking smart he was and yeah they made him a badass in that movie and i thought yeah. the fight was perfect they, like, it they was do i mean they do fight. sign language with girls in like real life so it makes sense like to, well, to figure stuff out and that was like before they were before it was revealed that that little girl taught him sign language i when the one doctor was talking about how she taught the girl sign language i was like why didn't they teach kong sign language and then it turned out that <laughs> their little girl did teach him sign language so. <laughs> which is good i feel like kong Kong is such a good is is pretty easy to root for because he's so much more relatable. He has so, a little bit more of a he has a little bit more of a personality than Godzilla. Yeah, because God, you know. Godzilla is you know he's supposed to be the force of nature, like yeah, the, the right. Avatar destruction or nuclear yeah. holocaust, you know, comes whatever around tries yeah. to represent. Yeah, he's just there to destroy what needs to be destroyed and keep balance and things. When Kong is like. Like he's pretty much like us. He's just trying to live his life. Yeah. He's trying to go home, man. He's just trying to go yeah, home. Yeah. It's like, please. Said, though, I thought it was really awesome how they had these tiny moments where you got like a glimpse of Godzilla's personality. Like when he like hits Kong with his breath and you see that smile and it's like, I gotcha, like yeah, kind right. of thing. And then like when Mecha Godzilla comes out and he just like you you felt him recognize Ghidorah within that like kind of thing and like i just i just thought they did a really good job of 
being able to just just enough give him a little bit of like a personality. Yet obviously Kong is is going to be the more personable of the two. But I yeah. thought it was very clever how they they put those tiny little moments in there for Godzilla as well. Yeah. I like I like how they're moving towards I feel like the closer they got to this movie the more they realized people didn't care about the human characters in True. these movies because <laughs> their dialogue is just terrible throughout pretty much the entire movie I mean, point, uh, yeah, for and, the most part. In this one, they just kind of fully accept it, and like Bernie and Madison's whole thing, like it's essentially a comedy. Like it's not supposed yeah. to be serious at all. It's just like, oops, we accidentally, you know, and then like we saved the day by helping out by you know throwing coffee or you know it was a uh, it was alcohol. It, it was his, yeah, yeah. It was like the flask that his fucking girlfriend, yeah, him, which was and kind of a like... was kind of a dick move of that kid to do that. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, no, absolutely. Like, it's, it's especially on their, their story in the film, like, it was definitely, like, this goofy, like, I think the, I think the filmmakers were trying to, like, embrace that, like, all right, like, we know this is not what you're here for, and we know that the whole premise is, like, is ridiculous, so let's just kind of have fun and have these goofy characters, you know, kind of do their thing, which I kind of, I, I think they could have obviously made some of that dialogue better. However, um, I did see it as like kind of this homage to the old, the movie of old, because that one was very much a satire of the monster genre when it came out. And it was like the goofiest of the Godzilla films up until that point. And so I kind of saw that as the, the filmmakers, like in their own way, just acknowledging kind of the goofy roots of where this all came from and being like, all right, people, like this is dumb. Don't take it seriously. Right. <laughs> Which is good because I'm not here to see human antics. Yeah. Want these, want these big motherfuckers to punch each other. That being said, I'm genuinely interested in what's going on with like now this whole Hollow Earth thing. That was another thing I liked with it. Like with this film kind of, it's like you, you look at the way each film is kind of structured and, and, and done. You have like the original Godzilla or the 2014 Godzilla, um, obviously a very much a modern film. It's supposed to be a modern take on Godzilla. Yeah. But then you have Kong Skull Island is definitely like a 70s film. Godzilla King of the Monsters felt for me like an homage to the Godzilla films of Japan from the 90s, um, where it's like kind of serious, but not too serious. And then with Godzilla versus Kong, this definitely felt like the filmmaker was embracing the, the movies of the 50s and 60s. And with that, I definitely felt influences from like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Journey to the Center of the Earth and those old like Jules Verne uh edgar rice burroughs you know stories and i really personally i really appreciated that kind of feeling they were going for it kind of had that old like serial adventure feel it was really good um to go back to the like human aspect of the movie i will say that i personally fucking hated it (laughs) Like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Whenever it went back to like the scenes with like Millie Bobby Brown and the kid from Deadpool and whatnot, I was like, dude, can this scene be over like now? Because I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I want to see more of Kong's journey. I don't want to see this shit. Yeah, and it's weird because I feel like they gave them, I feel like the characters all had like this weird knowledge or like leaps in in uh knowledge that they shouldn't have known throughout most of the movie. Or they they see the the Ghidorah skull with just like tubes coming out of it, and this guy's like, oh, they have 
psionic links going to like <laughs> oh, the yeah. guy and stuff. Like, like how would you know that? How did you deduce that? Like from like just second, seeing this. The second that movie, I, yeah, that's one thing. It's like a small pet peeve of mine where like the second they started up and it was like conspiracy podcast. I was like, oh, it's that like we're gonna have that kind of character, and it's just like. Yep, he's gonna have all this knowledge because he's a conspiracy theorist, and like that's how we're gonna get like, yeah, it's kind of this easy like if you have a character that knows all this stuff, then we can easily explain it to the audience, and like yeah, it's it's pretty obvious that it's just like yeah, it was it was a little wild, but see, yeah. I have, I have liked um I did appreciate in like um the humans involved in Kong's story. No, I, I, obviously I, they're still kind of whatever, but I thought they were better. You know, the little deaf girl. Yeah, was the little great. girl was, was um, good. Yeah, I wanted more of uh, Alexander Skarsgård's story. I would have liked to see like what happened with his brother and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like I think that Wait, would that, have been that dude is a pushed. fucking that dude is one of the Skarsgård brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, there's like there's like, there's literally like fucking forty of those guys. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Feels like it. Yeah, for sure. they keep popping up. <laughs> More of them. They're making more every day. God damn. Like the, the little girl was kind of like a an homage to the, the little like the twins and stuff in the old Godzilla movies. Yeah, I felt like that the, too. I, I thought the same thing. Yeah, talking to Mothra and stuff. I yeah. also I think that this film. I think it was very smart of them to kind of pare down and really only focus on like the monster fights and stuff. And that's why it's the shortest of the monster verse movies. And they kind of tried not to get distracted with a lot of different, you know, bells and whistles and just focus on like the simple story, which I overall, I do genuinely think benefited the film. There is one, however, small little human story element that I would absolutely kill to just have a single scene put back in. And that is the fact that, the guy who is piloting Mechagodzilla, Ren Sarazawa, is uh, Sarazawa's son. The guy from the first oh, really? say that they, anything about that. Would have been nice to know that. It's literally <laughs> only his name. I found out. I was like, is that his, supposed to be his son? And then I went on like the wiki, and it confirms it. The novelization apparently does go more into detail about that. And I'm just like, ah, oh, man. Like I just, I really want like a single scene where someone just like talks about how his father would feel about what he's doing. Like that's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's that quite the me. fucking contrast between his fucking father, because his father would absolutely hate that shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like the one the one thing. I'm like, ah, I really want that. So going, why would it, they? Why would they even have that be a detail if they're not gonna like explore it or reveal it? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, it was probably. I'm, I'm sure in the script it's there, and I'm sure they do bring it up. But it was probably used within a scene that they ended up feeling was either redundant or just like mm. slowed down the film or something mm. like that. I, I remember him you. saying that most of the cuts to the film were made in like the first half hour of the movie in Act One, because there's just a lot of story they have to set up and they want to try and get through it as quick as possible, yeah, kind of thing. Sense. So I'm sure there were like little little bit bits and pieces. I bet you it'll be a deleted scene. I bet you it'll be a small deleted scene where they bring it up and then you'll be able to watch it on the Blu-ray. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm interested to see if they do like a extended cut of this movie or something on Blu-ray. Yeah, I'd like that. I don't know if they will, but yeah, like I don't that. know if they need to, but it would be. Yeah, cool. I I will say my one my one other like after watching the film and like kind of especially like you know 
I myself am doing my own review. And uh, so I watch these films multiple times when I do that. So one expectation I had going into it the first time that now that I've watched the film multiple times, I don't, I don't care about it as much is I will say that when I, when I did go into the film the first time, I was expecting to see some more monsters. I was expecting like a Mothra larva. I was expecting to see Rodan come back and stuff. And um, so that was like a little bit of a disappointment, but after like kind of rewatching the film and kind of, you know, seeing what the film is and what they focused on, like, I don't, the only place I could see that is like, if in some of the shots of the hollow earth, we saw some of the other monsters like flying or running around, just like establishing that they're there. But I guess the, um, excuse me. I guess the, uh, the prequel comic that is, that was like just released today or this week or something yesterday, I think, um, they did a prequel comic for each character, and I guess the Godzilla one has to do with that, and it hmm. basically explains that once he felt kind of Ghidorah coming back with the tests of Mechagodzilla, he uh, he basically put all the other monsters back to like dormancy and told them to like slumber so that the so that Ghidorah couldn't pull what he pulled in King of the Monsters again and wake them all up. And right. shit. So they're all alive. They're just like he told them to go dormant so, until he found out what was going on. That's apparently like kind of in the comic. They like explain that, and that's why they're not around. Uh, it was because he was like trying to lay down the law, um, right? <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. and they would get in the way. But like, I guess, and, and that makes sense. It makes sense from a storytelling, you know, point of view. That also makes sense. Because especially with this film, with Kong being such a big main character and you have even more time devoted then to the special effects for this main character, like it makes sense that they would want to pare down necessary monsters and stuff. So yeah, it, was, it was cool that they had like those weird flying snake things when they went down to the Yeah, those uh, were awesome. <laughs> that he got to beat up were cool. But yeah, I'm I I I could see wanting to see more of the monsters and stuff and have it explained, but I like kind of what happened. I'm I'm okay with them just focusing on the two main title yeah. monsters. It, it definitely it, makes sense for this film to just do that, and that's fine. Like now that I've watched it, I'm like, yeah, no, that's totally cool. Right. When they went into the Hollow Earth, I was actually it really was fucking Hollow Earth. There was like fucking nothing going on in there. <laughs> yeah. It was like there was like nothing going on there. I was like, wow, there's like no monsters down here except for the ones that Godzilla obviously annihilated. But um, right. But uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought that like, was kind of disappointing that Hollow Earth was like literally Hollow Earth and there was like, like fucking nothing down there except for a couple monsters and, you know, but I mean, it's like you guys said, though, that wasn't really the focus of the movie. So I can see why they didn't put that much time into it. Um, yeah. I'm sure I'm, I'm a... they could. Uh, it would have been nice to get like an end credit scene or something kind of hinting towards more exploration of Hollow Earth or something. Um, yeah, I agree. But, uh, I think that would have. Like some like a fucking camera fucking going over a hill and there's just like a bunch of fucking monsters everywhere. Something outrageous, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, something like that. But uh, but I yeah, I mean, cool. yeah, I was kind of bummed that there weren't a ton of other monsters uh, besides, you know, Godzilla, King Kong and Mechagodzilla. But um, again, it, w- it was one of those things where they probably had to try to find line between like be- making it too cluttered and making it not too cluttered yeah so yeah um, it's gonna it's not gonna feel like a godzilla versus kong if there's like five other monsters there right yeah 
Yeah, just focus on the simplicity of it all and make that simplicity like as good as they can. And that's what they did, and I think it paid off. Like, right. It really did. Speaking of the Hollow Earth, I actually really liked kind of that. Uh, I, I liked how it was like kind of done with the two the two sides where one's on top and one's on the bottom, and the gravity like kind of switches between the two. So I would love to see uh, some new crazy monster, you know, use that to some cool effect in a future that would film. Be neat. Fighting in the Hollow Earth a little more and like jumping from like structure to structure and stuff. That would be pretty cool. That would be really cool. Um, let's talk about, uh, but, well, everybody knew it was going to get to how the movie was going to kind of roll with, you know, them fighting and then something else showing up for them to fight together. Yes. How do we feel about Mechagodzilla? You guys, you, who, who do you want to start? I, I guess I'll start. Uh, I mean, I thought he was really cool. It was interesting how he was done with the mm-hmm. whole like sentient AI, like him basically King Adora's mind taking it over, I guess. Yeah. You know that's what they were like hinting at, right? Or saying, yeah, pretty much. Okay, they took it over, which is interesting. That if it is King Ghidorah, just his mind in it that he knew how to use like all the weapons and stuff like automatically. <laughs> but um, I thought it was cool. The design was the design was a little goofy, but I get it. Like uh, it needed to be less uh, cumbersome than the old Mechagodzilla designs. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was cool. The fight was really neat. Um. I like the the tag team aspect of it. Uh, Godzilla was kind of getting his ass beat by yeah. Godzilla for the most part. He was bit. tired of fighting Kong. Yeah, that's true. He could have been tired, but like the the when they had the beam clash and he just got overwhelmed and stuff. Like, it's, that's not a complaint. I think it's really cool. But um, I like the addition. I kind of I almost would have preferred it not being in the movie, just because, like I said, that's kind of the expected. When it comes to these movies, yeah, like ah, that can't just be a winner. That can't just be them two the whole time. I would have rather it just been them two, but it was a cool addition. That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just them two. My boy Kong got the short end of the stick on that one. I'll tell you what, yeah, Kong got kind of. I mean, he he kind of won the one fight, but he he mostly got railed yeah, for most of the movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when they fought in fucking Hong Kong, he got annihilated. Um, yeah, which I don't but know. It, I mean, yeah. I guess I can understand, but to me, it's just like. Especially, like, when you look at the picture of those two, like, uh, you know, the, the quintessential picture of them, like, fighting on the boat. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Kong looks like he's actually, like, a little bit bigger than Godzilla in some aspects. So, mm. um, it, it's just, to me, like, I get that Godzilla has his atomic breath and stuff, but, like, Kong has full-length arms and, f- like, full-length legs and, like, functional, like, full-length, you know, limbs. <laughs> I feel like that would give him quite an advantage, but... It, um, it, it, it... It makes sense that he lost the boat fight because he's not supposed to be in the water, and Godzilla's like, "This is where I live." Essentially, yeah, so right? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but you. yeah, but the other yeah, I feel were... like it could have been. I feel like the. I feel like the. I mean, I guess it wasn't necessarily like an utter defeat. Like he didn't obviously die, but I feel like no. the land. I feel like the land fight should have been a little bit more of a toss up. Like I think they. Well, they kind of like they they they. What was it? Uh, Skarsgård comes out and he's basically like, "Well, round two goes to Kong." So I kind of saw it as like, yeah. like the boat is round one, the first fight is round two in Hong Kong, and then like when Godzilla and Kong get back up after that, like he hits them with the axe. It's like that's round three. Um, that's t- at least that's kind of like how I saw it. Yeah, um, it's kind of like they, they each win a round, and then it's like the third round determines the winner, and Godzilla won that. But I, I like for me, it made I thought they handled all that like really well, and I think they they played to each character's strengths really well. 
with like obviously on the boat, Godzilla is going to have the advantage. Um, but I really appreciated how Kong was using the buildings, and yeah. there's especially that shot where he's like up on the building hiding, and then he throws a crane as like a distraction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was, was great. Yeah, that was good. But like, yeah, it's also interesting because like in with like the punch. Like, I'm sure, like, Kong's punch was probably stronger than Godzilla. But, like, you have to remember that Godzilla is kind of cheating because he's got a tail to keep him propped up. And Kong doesn't have that extra support. So, like, like, there were times when Kong definitely, like, went down a little more. But I, I only felt that that was because, like... Just because he's built different. Like, he doesn't, you know... Sure. He, yeah, like, right. That he's makes person, sense. So he's he's probably... He's taller... But he's like, you know, he doesn't have as much weight behind yeah. him. Yeah, Godzilla is a very thick boy. He is, and he's like, <laughs> he's he is like he said, he's a, he's a an act of nature. He's like the destruction. Yeah, so true. like, moving against him is kind of rough. <laughs> he's yeah. meant to win for the most part. He's there to make things right. But, but um, uh, I'm gonna go back to Mechagodzilla though, so I can talk about yeah. him. Um, I thought Mechagodzilla was pretty cool. Um, obviously we all saw it coming, so it wasn't that yeah. much of a surprise when it was revealed. Yeah. I actually, I actually got it ruined for me on YouTube because like I was just scrolling through my YouTube, like recommended feed. And one of the recommended videos was like full Mecha Godzilla fight from Kong versus fucking Godzilla. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right, great. I guess Mecha Godzilla's <laughs> in this movie. I mean, I already knew yeah. it, but I would have liked to find out in the fucking movie, but whatever, it wasn't that big of a deal, but um, I thought it was kind of cool how uh, he ended up taking over, um, or King Ghidorah ended up taking over um, for the AI. I did think it was kind of dumb how, like, they just had this, like, apparently it was being, like, powered or turned on by, like, fucking satellites or something. Like, that was kind of dumb. But, like, and, like, if King Ghidorah was able to, like, hack into the damn fucking system and take over the AI, like, couldn't he have like hacked into the satellite and like disabled that whole fucking shit? But I mean, maybe not. Who knows? But uh, right. I, it's funny the fact that you brought up him knowing how to use those fucking like weapons. I was like, mm. I wonder how stocked up those weapons are and uh, how they get refilled. Like uh, once King Ghidorah expends them, then they're just gone and he doesn't have those anymore. You know, it's like true. yeah. <laughs> once he shoots all the missiles, they're just gone. So um, you would you would think yeah, he'd have more been, too since he was. What would have happened if he won the fight? But then he expended all his stuff. So now you have like a weaponless Mechagodzilla just kind of running around, right? <laughs> just paunching. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, his beam I did a lot. But <laughs> yeah, true. But even that probably has like a finite amount of. Oh yeah, you know, sure. I mean, it's obviously being powered by something, which they found was from. I guess the theory would have to be he'd have to travel back to Hollow Earth to like get more charge energy. for energy or whatever. Probably, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought the the tag team fight was definitely very cool. Um, oh, I was yeah. I was happy to see Godzilla kind of get his ass kicked because I was a little bitter about <laughs> about him almost That's fair. crushing King Kong's chest. What a fucking dick! <laughs> yeah, man. But, the second uh, shot on him, I was like, oh no, he's gonna pull what he did to Ghidorah, and he yeah. And I was like, oh yep, that'll do it. <laughs> it. It does show you though that the even though it may not have seemed like it for most of it. Like God, it seemed like Godzilla wasn't in, totally trying to kill King Kong. He was just trying to get him to submit. Yes, for the most yeah, part. yeah, that, that makes sense. So yeah, just, that's fair. Because yeah, he's he did, like, I am the king of the monsters. Yeah, so he gotta... didn't quite. He didn't quite kill. Him. I mean, he was gonna. God's, king Kong was gonna die, but um, yeah. but they, they the humans, of course, saved him. But uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the tag team fight between uh, between you know 
Mechagodzilla and Kong and Godzilla and Godzilla was awesome. And I was very happy that like Kong kind of got his redemption and was like the one who kind of delivered the killing blows to Mechagodzilla. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I was like, say, hey, you, you could look at it like that. Like uh, Godzilla may have beaten Kong, but, but uh, Mechagodzilla beat Godzilla and Kong beat Mechagodzilla. So they, yeah. they could be on the same end. <laughs> yeah. Same yeah. But uh, so. yeah, dude, it, it was so sick when he fucking just went ham on Mechagodzilla with that axe after Godzilla yeah, charged it up. It was yeah, we didn't cool, even really so. talk about the axe. The axe is really cool too. Yeah, well, yes, we can get we can get to that. Action. But uh, but um, but yeah, the Mechagodzilla fight was pretty cool. Um, I, I'm kind of glad that they did that. Um, in contrast to what Zach said, um, I, I do like that they brought in like that third party because I don't know, you know, a part of me, I, I, you know, as much as I like Kong more than I like Godzilla, I didn't really want either of them to lose because they're both really cool monsters. So I didn't really want either of them to definitively beat the other. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it's a lot cooler for them to be able to try to kind of coexist because that doesn't seem like Kong is that concerned with being the alpha of the planet per se, especially right. since uh, he's the only one left. So um, they could definitely coexist. I think they kind of came to that understanding with one another at the end. Um, yeah. Godzilla's got the surface and Kong's got the hollow earth, which I thought was pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it was cool that they brought in Mechagodzilla to kind of, tie the two together instead of just make them like mortal enemies um it, it's a kind of almost squash the damn fucking 100,000 year old beef between Godzilla and Kong species so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. i also thought it was cool bringing in mecha godzilla i also like was trying to avoid everything as much as possible and i still had the like toy like leaked I was yeah like, i saw that but other than that, like it's still, it was a great reveal and all that. The scene where he shows up was awesome. Um, so I thought, I also thought it was really clever having. It's it's really funny because they have that scene uh, at the end of King of the Monsters where Alan Jonah purchases, you know, the dead ripped off King Ghidorah head, and that's that's supposed, you know, that's the same skull from that they're using in Mechagodzilla. So I think it's hysterical because if you realize which head was ripped off, that was the one that was Kevin. It was the dumb head, the dopey guy, uh, the left, yeah, of the of the three heads, and like he got his revenge. He got to be in a cool mech, so good for him, good for Kevin. It's weird <laughs> that they didn't bring that guy back too. Um, I was just yeah, thinking I, the I same they, fucking thing. I was like, why didn't they bring that guy back? I was hoping he would come back too, but we'll see. Maybe maybe in another one. Um, but I like I was I was thinking they bring in Mechagodzilla, but only simply because like you had you. You had four monsters, four main monsters in the last film. And then you had like 20 or so other like random, you know. So that's like a lot of, you know, monsters. So just simply based on that and what they gave us in the last film, I was like, it can't just be Godzilla and Kong. Like we got to have something else here. Just simply because the audience will expect at least the same amount of monsters, you know. Um, But I, I really liked his, I liked his design. I thought it was cool. Um, I like the kind of boxy nature of it, um, but he was still able to like really move. He was the fastest Mechagodzilla has ever been, yeah. and he just like really wrecked Godzilla. I really liked a lot of the different attacks and stuff he had. Um, making Ghidorah take over him was I thought was pretty cool, and I, I also really liked those like first two shots uh, when he breaks out. It's like the same shot of when Ghidorah looks down on people and then like kills them purposefully. It was like the kind of the same thing of like him, like, oh, I'm in a new body. Look, same fucking people. All right, same yep. thing. <laughs> Just these assholes for no reason. 
Um, I thought that was cool. And I also thought it was kind of neat. It's like a weird detail because you can't really tell because they mechanized it a whole lot. But like when Mechagodzilla does his little roar in the in the testing facility, it's like a mechanized version of Godzilla's roar. But then when he does his roar, when he breaks out of the out of the mountain, it's a mechanized version of King Ghidorah's roar. And like you can hear you can hear King Ghidorah's like sound effects when they're like loading up the when they're like pumping the uh the energy into Mechagodzilla, like it sounds like King Ghidorah powering up and stuff. And I, I thought that was cool. In the in the old ones in like 2002 and 2003, they had Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, and the sequel was Godzilla Tokyo SOS. And in those ones, they made Mechagodzilla by finding the bones of the original Godzilla from 1954 and grafting uh, the robotic body around it. And then the whole thing with that was when they're fighting Godzilla and Godzilla roars in pain, it's like a similar thing where like the bones wake up and all of a sudden Mechagodzilla starts acting on its own and like <laughs> thinking it's Godzilla and destroying the city. And it's like it's like the same cheesy little little thing. But I thought I thought having Kevin do that was a really nice little homage to that version of Mechagodzilla while still keeping it, you know, original. Yeah, I had had seen a lot of theories before the movie came out that people thought that the Godzilla you were seeing in, like, the trailers was actually, like, a Mechagodzilla. Oh, yeah, like the original one from the 70s, yep. Yeah, because he was, like, destroying cities and stuff, and they're like, why would he be, like, doing that again? Maybe it's a robot or whatever, then obviously you learn why in the movie, but... I thought real quick, I want to talk about that. I actually really liked how they tied that in. Like just the basically the revelation of it being Ghidorah's skull in there. It makes all of that shit that Godzilla is doing make sense. Yeah. Because he's like sensing that this motherfucker that he killed is back. And he's like, what is going on? And so that's why he's like kind of going nuts. And then that's why like when Kong comes out, he's like, I can't have like another another alpha is vying for dominance here while I'm trying to track this guy down. So I got to like kind of lay down and figure out, you know, let him know what's up. Like, right. It just, it kind of all tied the behavior together and it made like a lot of sense. Yeah. And Godzilla was attacking specific areas. So I like, it makes sense with that. Mm -hmm. I guess he thought that Ghidorah was at or could sense the robotic machinery and stuff. Yeah. And that was cool. Um, so yeah, I really liked the movie overall. I thought I thought the fights were super sick. I agree. Yeah. I think they're the best we've had in the like because like well, like Ghidorah did some crazy shit in King right. of the Monsters, but that was like much more of kind of, like it wasn't an extended fight. Like you still cut away to the like, human people like way too much, and it was more of like kind of just this this like it was like a snake fighting a lizard and it was it was more of like Ghidorah taking advantage and like you know flying up and dropping him and stuff and like with this film it's like an actual extended brawl and yeah. it's more of like a boxing match you know it's a lot way more visceral yes agreed mm-hmm. so like I thought that was yeah and then obviously by making Kong your kind of main character that then justifies them sitting on the monsters for so long during the fights which was very smart mm-hmm. Very well choreographed and very fun to watch. It's um, it's probably my favorite of the this verse, this monster verse that they've made so far. Just because I like crazy action scenes like that. But, yeah, um, 
weirdly enough, I have a really, I'm really fond of the first one. I know a lot of people don't like that one, but I kind of liked how they used Godzilla in the first one, as him kind of being like the shark in the water. Oh like, yeah, like when he oh, appears, hey. every time he appeared, it was like a big deal. Like yeah. it was scary almost. I, I was like, I thought that was really I cool. Think, yeah, a lot of people complain about not not seeing him enough in that film, and like I I disagree. Like I think it's great. I love how they mm-hmm. treated him, and I loved how they had this mystique around him and stuff, and they hid him and and kept all the reveals very dramatic. I loved that. I think the the Halo jump in that movie is it's fucking awesome. Cool. And but the thing is, like, once you do like that's so good for your first film. Once you do that, you can't do that. And the sequel's yeah, understood. Exactly. They're like, all right, so now we just show him and he's a badass. So but like it's so good for that first experience. Yeah, it really was. I liked that a lot. Um, so <laughs> to touch on the the uh like the axe, um I so yeah. I I kinda wanna I kinda wanna make that a transition into like uh almost like the future for the MonsterVerse, because I know right now it's kind of like up in the air. Um, they don't really yeah. know what they're, they're going to That's why there was no end credit scene, I'm pretty sure, because they don't yep. really know where it's going right now. So they the the whole reason there's like, we don't know yet, is they basically just need to renegotiate their contract with Toho. Oh, okay. Because gotcha. originally the deal was for three films, and the contract was originally supposed to end in 2020 when this film was originally supposed to come out. And the whole deal was, other than Shin Godzilla, Japan wasn't allowed to make another live-action Godzilla film, which is why they got around it by making some anime Godzilla stuff, um, until the end of this deal in, in 2020. So now this deal is done, but I've seen people on both sides of, of Legendary and Toho seemingly talk about like the exciting future. So I, I don't think Toho is going to... gonna like pull out completely. I don't think they're going to take the rights away. I think they're just going to renegotiate so that they can make Godzilla films at the same time. That makes sense. Cause, oh, cause cool. what, I, what I was going to say is uh, like, just cause we don't really know that much about the ax, its origin. So it'd be kind of cool to see like almost like a prequel kind of exploring, like when Kong's ancestors were more numerous and what that yeah. looked like in the hollow earth. Um, so it'd be kind of cool I, to, I don't know how they would do that. Cause there wouldn't really probably be much of a, human element i don't know if it would be required for a movie to be good for there to be a human element i don't think so but well um, when king of the monsters came out the director of that film michael doherty said that he was thinking about doing a prequel like you're describing set in bc times with like primitive humans okay. and like it, if you did that it would very much be like an homage to uh like ten thousand years bc and stuff like that and old yeah. movies like that, where you just kind of have these very primitive people. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Well, then we could get into the acts and we could get into that, like the feud between Godzilla's species and Kong's species. And I think that would be fucking awesome to see. Uh, the director of Godzilla vs. Kong, Adam Wingard, said, like, they have, they have all of that information. Like, they have all the lore and stuff. But again, because they wanted to focus on the two fights and the, you know, the characters, uh, they wanted to, you know, peel back on that a little bit and hold off on that and hope that it intrigues people enough so that they can, you know, tell the more, more about that. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that makes sense. So it would be cool to, cause the ax element in Kong was, uh, in Godzilla versus Kong was really cool. Um, just like, obviously it was made from, I think the theory is that like the handle is made from a bone from a Godzilla species. And then obviously the blade is one of the, like, 
you know, the fins or whatever on his back. Yeah, his dorsal um, plates. Yeah. So um, it'd be cool yeah, to see, like... Cool. I don't know if you guys noticed the detail, but, like, so on the handle, it looks more like regular bone, but as it gets up near the the axe head part, it, like, it's red. It's almost like it's it's crystallized and turned to, like, rubies. Yeah, that was, I did notice that. That was pretty cool. It's a neat detail. But, yeah, I think... I think with the the dorsal plate and how they're kind of linking, like like in the first two movies, they talk about how Godzilla like feeds off of radiation from the center of the Earth, and so then in this one we see like we see the radiation kind of itself. It's like the core is like I guess blue, whatever, yeah. or the Earth is blue now, um, and how like Godzilla is is actually linked to it, kind of thing. And like I thought that was a neat detail, which I absolutely want to be explained and expounded upon. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the crazy implication here from from Godzilla versus Kong to me is that Kong species was actually like the rulers of the Hollow Earth because obviously there was that mountain, you know, with the throne that Kong sat on. Yeah. Um, and there was even a fucking basically like a keyhole to the goddamn core of the Earth with the fucking axe being the key. So, like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, like, so the implication is that like Kong species had some kind of like mad amount of power down there back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd be curious to see if like Godzilla species were trying to overthrow that because they needed more access to the damn radiation that maybe the Kong species was kind of regulating or, uh, you know, ruling over or something like that. Because yeah. obviously the ax like unleashed like the energy when they, when they fucking put it in there. So uh, it's kind of cool the implications they kind of laid out in that movie when you think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It was de they definitely have a lot of options to do really cool stuff with these. Yeah, and stuff. I think it's a really cool little like they. I think they've they've crafted a very interesting world for these you know monsters to exist in. And like typical you know Godzilla films, it's just kind of like a, okay, well they're just they're just monsters. It's like oh okay. And then in some yeah. of them, it's like, well, this is a, a byproduct of this thing. And it mutated this. And that's why they're monsters. Right. And then in some of them, it's like a mystical thing. It's like, oh, they're guardian monsters. And I just thought it was a really cool, like, again, kind of this homage to the, the old sci-fi serials of the 50s and 60s, like a Lost World, the original Lost World. And, yeah. you know, the, the Edgar Rice Burroughs novels and all that kind of, like, this old-fashioned sci-fi of, like, it's a monster, there's a hollow earth, kind of, you know. Next, we just need Brendan Fraser, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Brendan Fraser. Uh, so where... I know you are talking about maybe a prequel uh, being, like, the sequel to this. Uh, do you guys have any... Well, I guess, Brett, do you have uh, any anywhere specifically you would want this to go? Well, I think if they... I think regardless of where they go immediately i think the only way to like end the franchise would be to do an americanized version of destroy all monsters yeah because i mean you have to end with like the craziest battle royale ever you gotta have godzilla need help from kong and mothra and rodan and everyone see i don't know who they would use though because they, we've already had Ghidorah and American cinema is much more hesitant to bring back villains than Japanese cinema is. 
Yeah. They like to keep bringing villains back over and over again. We do it in like television and comic book long form stuff. But when it comes to films, it's like even in our comic book movies, very rarely do we keep the villain alive because it's like, well, we have 50 years of history. We don't want to repeat ourselves. True. So I could I could see them not bringing in Ghidorah because in the original Destroy All Monsters, that's it's King Ghidorah is the threat that's so vast that they need every monster. So I feel like since we've already done Ghidorah, it would maybe have to be like maybe Biolante or Destroya, because especially with the way we've kind of the films have this running theme of nature kind of being the balance. In the first film, it's, you know, Godzilla and the Mutos because they kind of woke up and Godzilla's like, hey, you know, you're not supposed to be here. I got to take you out. We have to restore the balance. Right. And then the second one, you have uh, humans waking up all the Titans, thinking they're doing the right thing. But then the upset is Ghidorah's like, all right, I'm taking your plan. I'm running with it. And I'm going to wake them up far faster than you want. And I'm going to take control of them and kill you all with them. And so that's, again, man's arrogance of, like, trying to control nature and Godzilla needs to lay down the law. Yet again, the third one, we, we take it a step further. It's not just a device used to control the, the Titans. We're making our own Titan ourselves. And yet again, nature, the evil side of nature, Ghidorah, takes what we're trying to do and turns it on us. So you need the good side of nature, Godzilla, Kong, once again to set things right, to bring that balance. So I think the next step is we've gone for the technology and stuff. So I think it's like biological stuff. So I think I think you could do a story with like humanity messing with biological technology. And this time, like we create a Titan and that Titan is something else. Or, I mean, we've used uh, the oxygen destroyer in Godzilla King of the Monsters. So in the original Japanese version... Destroya was mutated by the original Oxygen Destroyer from 54. So if they wanted to, they could just take from that and be like, because we dropped this bomb here, thinking we were hot shit. And uh, not only did it not kill Ghidorah, but it, we accidentally created our own monster that's fucking nuts. Yep. That would be... Any of those would be pretty cool. Biolante was the one I kind of was leaning towards, too. Yeah. I feel like he would be a big enough threat to maybe... Uh, bring that in because you could really expand him since he's just like a plant monster exactly you could, uh, you could yeah. just be like taking over entire oh. cities and stuff yep. like vines everywhere and just destroying stuff what if he connects really cool. to like forests like entire forests and stuff right like so it could be a <laughs> worldwide threat that way yeah mon maybe monsters around the world have to fight different parts of him and stuff like that would be really cool that would be a reason to bring everything back and maybe bring in new monster stuff because we still haven't had like Anguirus or um, yeah. Um, uh, oh god, why am I I'm blanking on the other monsters' names? The Gigan and stuff like that could bring in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think Gigan would be awesome to see, um, and he could be something interesting because he's he's supposed to be like a bit of a cyborg, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, I've I've seen some fan theories of like if they brought uh, Alan Jonah back from King of the Monsters. You could have, like, maybe he's the one that's creating these biological things, and perhaps one of them is a, it needs a little help, you know, and it hasn't grown right. to the way he wants it. And so he, uh, you know, alters it, and that becomes Gigan. Like, that could be something they could do. I could see them doing that very well. Um, we did get a little hint of Anguirus, and uh, you see his bones for like a split second uh, underwater in King of the Monsters. So I definitely yeah. want to see him actually show up in person. 
They should bring back. They should uh, bring Jet Jaguar in. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. And what's interesting is is Legendary also owns Pacific Rim. So if they wanted to, they could make Jet Jaguar and then just basically make him. Yeah. Jaeger. Uh, a Jaeger. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> and what what would is there anything you would want, Darren, other than like the prequel, or is that where you would want to sit? Uh, I mean, that'd probably be where I would want to go, other than a prequel, because uh, you know I don't actually know anything about most of the classic Godzilla monsters and stuff. So like all this stuff, That's I fair. actually had I actually had to look up Biollante because I was like, I don't know who the fuck oh. that is. <laughs> he looks pretty. Sorry. He looks pretty damn crazy though. So he is cool. No, I don't need to apologize. I just don't, I never really followed Godzilla much when I was younger, so I don't. I don't really know much of the, uh, you know, the more obscure, I guess you could say, monsters. Maybe those guys aren't obscure. They just are to me. But, you know, I obviously knew about, like, King Ghidorah and Mothra and all those, like, super main, yeah. even, like, Rodan, even though, like, those main monsters yeah, I've known about. Big but, five. Yeah, but I never really heard about the other guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be pretty cool. Um, I would be curious to see, kind of like you guys were saying, uh, who they would choose to kind of almost one up like Ghidorah because like he's almost like the final boss and they already used him right so, yeah um so it'd be interesting to see how they could kind of make up for that or uh yeah I don't know or I mean they could always they also could just explore the whole maybe fucking Godzilla does actually become corrupt for some reason it starts fucking going against humanity for no reason or they don't know why um you know um that could be something they could explore um, yeah. you know, Godzilla actually becoming rogue and kind of starting to destroy things without, uh, any cause or reason. Um, and then that could bring back, you know, maybe Kong has to come back and be the good force in nature and fight against Godzilla with humans or something. Who knows? Um, so, um, it'd be, I, I definitely am interested to see where they decide to go with it. Um, some degree i kind of feel like they almost are tapped already <laughs> um as far as the, tough, yeah. the content that they've kind of already used and whatnot like i really think that the smartest avenue for them right now would definitely be like a prequel um, yeah which a prequel yeah. could be advantageous in that it could explain the existence of a greater threat than Ghidorah or something help introduce that's true that. yeah absolutely um, you know what sure. i mean help introduce something that you know went dormant back in the war between godzilla and kong and mm, yeah. you know and then in another movie it comes you know it wakes up or something so right. um no absolutely I, I do think a prequel is probably their best uh course of action right now um, it's probably the but, most likely one too but uh who knows yeah, yeah and think, also you could bring space godzilla so, yeah. <laughs> it could just drop space godzilla yeah dude that would be nuts too if they brought wild. in space godzilla that would be a good way to to end things maybe he's the final threat but i'm space i was very surprised yeah that look up space godzilla darren he's pretty he's crazy. one of my favorites he's a badass um yeah. unfortunately the movie he's in isn't all that great but well, he no, is the not. best part of that movie yeah he's the best <laughs> part of the movie um but no, i've I was, seen i've seen this i've seen him before yeah, I was he actually pretty sick. of yeah, pretty how like how they kind of just like like Skull Islands just kind of fucked now in that movie. And yeah, and so I mean, obviously you replace it with the Hollow Earth, and that's cool. It's arguably cooler than Skull Island. Um, but I'm looking forward to they announced a an anime series for Netflix called Skull Island that will be 
like a, a, a in between it's set in between Godzilla versus Kong and Kong Skull Island. I think it's supposed to be set in like the nineties or something like that. Nice. Uh, but it's about like a team going on to Skull Island. So we'll get a little bit more of that. And that could very well be, be where they introduce some, some stuff to, to expand upon in further movies. That's true. That could be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that's uh so I guess overall, what, what did we think of the movies? The, what would you give it? What would you score this movie? We'll start with, Start with you, Darren. What do you think? What do I score this movie? Uh, I think I could probably give it a pretty solid, uh, like seven point five out of ten. I think it was, uh, it was, it was good, but um, some of the human aspects of it kind of, I don't know, weakened it, diluted it for me. Um, <laughs> it, it, they almost, they almost kind of felt forced a little bit. Like I know there was other people. I wouldn't say that I would complain specifically about like Millie Bobby Brown being in the movie, but I know there were a lot of people complaining that like they kind of like shoehorned her character back into the, you know, into the plot. Um, which I can kind of understand, and it also makes sense why her character was there because her parents were kind of like a big deal when it came to this. But like the whole like plot line with her like being like a teenage girl, like hunting down this like grown ass adult podcaster and then like hanging out with him, like <laughs> was kind of strange to me, but it's so um, I will say though, that the kid from Deadpool, that Australian kid was the best part of those scenes. I, I don't know why I just love that kid. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's, um, he's I hope, dude. I hope he's in more stuff. Cause he was hilarious I, in Deadpool. I'm sure he's from New Zealand. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Whatever. New Zealand, Australia. This is, I think it's the same accent, but um, it's probably there. It's probably not. So if we have any New Zealand or Australian listeners, please keep listening. I'm just an idiot. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Start throwing hands, but, uh, folks. but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think outside of the, um, you know, maybe I can upgrade it to like an eight out of 10. I don't think that the human aspect brought it down two and a half points. Um, probably only like two points. Uh, you know, the raw fighting was amazing. Like I said, I, uh, you know, I'm a fan of King Kong. Um, and it, you know, for all intents and purposes, this movie, like you guys have said, was almost like a Kong movie. You know, he was kind of like the the protagonist in a way um, throughout the movie. So I did like to see him more. I like to see his like, uh, you know, character development. Um, and, uh, you know, I just thought he was a really cool. I, I think the way that they did him was super cool. Like my man had a freaking nice ass like fucking beard going on man he was looking clean as hell <laughs> right yeah he did he did look good he was looking clean man his his beard was all edged up i don't know what barber he's got out there on skull island but, <laughs> but, um, he was looking good but uh Cut, you know, kong, it himself yeah maybe but uh kong was definitely cool and you know godzilla's always cool i mean as much as i like kong over godzilla godzilla is obviously a classic um and you know the MonsterVerse, you know, of modern times has been really well done, in my opinion. A lot better than what we got with the Matt, Matthew Broderick film back in, <laughs> uh, in the 90s or whenever that came out. But uh, uh, That's a perfect like movie. But, uh, but yeah, I would say I would probably give it a solid 8 out of 10. Um, uh, just the, the human elements kind of brought it. Mostly just the elements with Millie Bobby Brown and the podcaster dude. That stuff was kind of lame. But the other human aspect with Kong was was cool. I, I understand that their utility was needed because they were the ones who were transporting him from... Uh, although I don't really understand why they didn't just fly him to begin with. Um, <laughs> it would only make sense. But but yeah, so I'd say 8 out of 10, eight out of ten for me. Alright. How about you, Brett? Um, I mean, that's a solid solid score i would probably have to get around the same 
um, just going strictly from like a critical point of view because yeah, like the the people characters aren't aren't all that great. Millie Bobby Brown is you know her her thing isn't isn't too great. Uh, it's it's tolerable because like I said, I kind of see it as like a comedy and just this kind of like goofy side adventure. Uh, it doesn't take itself seriously. Um, my my only like major I guess complaints about the film itself is like. Like I do, I do genuinely just just want a scene talking about Ren and his father. Like I genuinely think just that alone would be really great. Um, and then like yeah, there's still some kind of dialogue and whatever. So it's like from a strictly critical standpoint, it would probably be like a seven point eight or an eight out of ten. But like these are also like I think you also kind of need to look at like what kind of what kind of film is it trying to be and does it succeed in that. And this film knows exactly what it is and it goes for broke and it does it exceedingly well. So in terms of just like, and just having a good time and watching these fun characters who I've grown up with, like I said, I, I just, I have an obsession with Godzilla and I love Kong. I love all that kind of Kaiju giant monster stuff, particularly Godzilla and, and Kong. Um, so like, I mean, for me, this is like, it's, it's almost perfect. It's like a nine and a half kind of thing, just based on pure enjoyment. If I wanted to critique it harsher, like, yeah, I can from a critical standpoint. These people aren't really all that well written. I want a little bit of this. I also felt in just just a few shots, there were just a few shots where I actually was slightly disappointed with the CG, um, where it was just kind of like, it wasn't like, that's a bad shot. It But it was like, oh, that's a, in, instead of me thinking that's Godzilla, I was thinking, oh, that's a good CG shot, you know, and it's it's not bad, but it does kind of slightly, you know, bring you out of the moment, just 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 a little bit in that moment. Like I think the one shot of him coming out of the water, like he didn't he didn't look all that great. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, but like, so there's like a few things that if I want to nitpick, I can talk about. But in terms of it, just like it was a gopher broke, goofy ass, fun giant monster brawl movie, and. That's exactly what it delivered on in space, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Right. All right. Sounds good. For me personally, if I had to be really critical about it, I'd probably give it like a 7.5 just because I really hated the humans in this movie. <laughs> but <laughs> it brought it down really hard for me. I just didn't didn't think any aspect of them was very interesting at all. But, uh, but personally, just uh, for my own enjoyment, I'd give it like probably like an 8.5. I thought it was really fun to watch. I really liked Godzilla. I really liked Kong. I thought seeing both of them on screen was really fun. It's something that I wanted to see for a long time. Um, and kind of like you said, the so there were some CG parts that were a little uh, iffy. But for the most part, I think it thought it looked really good. Uh, I see people complaining online about how it looked really how it looked bad CG, and I don't understand where that comes from. Yeah, but... I don't think it was bad. <laughs> there was just like, yeah, it could have looked better. Yeah, but that's it's it's tough to do with you know a budget <laughs> and like <laughs> all CG monsters. It's a lot yeah. to deal, lot to all do. All that motion capture and everything. Yeah, mm. but for I mean for what they did, I thought it was really well done. And I don't know it just I kind of just felt like a kid again watching that movie. You know, yep. it's like <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's, that's definitely the vibe it was going for. Yeah, just it was it was a very similar to the feeling I got watching Pacific Rim, the first movie. Yes. Uh, for the first time, yes. just you know, big dumb fun, just <laughs> big big dumb movie that's super fun to watch. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Pacific Rim was monsters fighting uh, robots, and then monster on monster for King Kong, and I guess robot as well. 
but <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I very much enjoyed it personally. It has it had its problems with the humans, but they could have just removed them entirely from me. But um, but the the monster stuff was fun enough that it's still I would watch it again. I'm gonna watch it again. So and looking forward to what they decide to do in the future if they do something else. So but. Best Godzilla movie still Shin Godzilla, but I really like this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shin Godzilla is pretty good. Oh, it's, it's mm. so smart. <laughs> I could write a paper on every element of that film. Like, it's so... Like, that's that's truly... I honestly think that was the best film of 2016. And that film has... It's one of those movies that you can tell every single element in that film was done, like, to the highest degree uh, possible. And kind right. of like no, like absolutely no one on that film gave less than hundred and ten percent. Yeah, the acting in that movie is fantastic. The all the Godzilla stuff's really cool. Godzilla's yeah. really intimidating in that movie. His his first form's super goofy, and I love it. But then he becomes like terrifying. <laughs> yes. like, uh, it is it is my all time favorite cool. like monster movie. I love the music uh, is insane, and it's like an opera. Like there, you can look up the lyrics to the songs, and they like talk about what's going on in like Godzilla's viewpoint and stuff. I think it's it's this really great like it's a satire of how they responded to the tsunami. Yeah. <laughs> and so all of those political elements I think are genius. It's really good. I have I have it on Blu-ray. I wish I had it on 4K or something, but maybe I'll rewatch yeah, it some night. It's really good. Uh, did we see Darren, did we see that in theaters? I can't remember. What's that? Wait, uh, Shin Godzilla? I didn't see it in theaters. I watched okay, it. I saw it. I, I watched it at my brother's house at one point. I saw it in theaters. I can't remember who I saw it with then, but it was so good. <laughs> yeah, I saw it in theaters too. It was it was definitely an awesome experience. I didn't even know it came out in theaters in this country. Yeah, it was like a it was a limited. Uh, it was like yeah, a, it was one, it was one of those a, Fandango movie things. Limited release. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I had heard nothing about it when it was like coming to theaters, but I was like, "Yeah, it's Godzilla, I'll Godzilla, Godzilla." But uh, so I'll go see it, and then I was very surprised, very pleasantly surprised how good it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that movie was really cool. Just the, I really liked that was a very original take on Godzilla with the whole yeah. constant evolution and stuff. And like, you're right. Like people kind of laugh at like his first form and it is a little goofy looking, but like at the same time, it's very, it's very realistic. Cause you have like yeah. the eyes of a Moray eel and like all these deep sea animals have those giant eyes. And so like, it's one of those things that like it is like, admittedly it is a little goofy, but it's also like done for the right reason, I guess you yeah. could say. Like, it's goofy, yeah. but almost unsettling at the same time. Yes. Like, uh. Yeah. It's this weird, <laughs> like soullessness. Like he has a, he doesn't have a soul that Shin Godzilla, like, and that's yeah. eyes may be goofy, but there's literally nothing behind them. And it's very unnerving. Hmm. And he might have my favorite design, like his final Godzilla form might be my favorite design for Godzilla. I think he's really cool looking. Yeah, all the scar tissue and yeah, like his bottom jaw like opens up and stuff. It's crazy. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that scene with the where he first unleashes his beam on the city is jaw dropping. Yeah, it's wild. All the beams shooting out of like his fins and stuff. Yeah, it's so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Probably gonna watch that after we're done here. (laughs) I can do it. But yeah, that's uh. Godzilla versus Kong. It was a good time. I'm glad it finally came out. It took long enough. And that's, but... you know, that's something just real quick. I think that's something that's really wonderful about Godzilla. And it's something that, that Godzilla is able to do 
uh, better than probably any other like franchise, and that is you can have a, a, a true film like Shin Godzilla that is this like statement, and it has all these different themes, and it's very layered. And then you can also have a movie like Godzilla vs. Kong, which is just like there to be goofy and fun, and it thrives in both areas, you know? Like, and you yeah. could argue one, you could argue about which is like the better made movie, but like, and obviously it's probably going to go to Shin Godzilla just in terms of like craft. But when it comes to like, which one is in more enjoyable, like it's a legitimate argument and you yeah. could argue which, what is Godzilla made for? And he works so well in both areas. If you want to watch a film that has these deep themes, you can throw on the original, you can throw on Shin. And if you just want to have a good time, then throw on Godzilla versus Kong, you know? Yeah, I feel like this uh, this uh, series of movies in general has that, where just like the first Godzilla is a very more serious, scary aspect of Godzilla, and then it gets all the way to this goofy Kong versus Godzilla, and has like all the layers in there from start to finish. I think it's really cool. Yeah, agreed. Oh, also, did you guys see the news that uh, the animated Spider-Man from the 90s is going to be in Spider-Verse 2? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. That's so good. I've seen, I've seen like one or two episodes on YouTube of like the old Japanese Spider-Man show, and boy, is it bad. Oh yeah, so good. The the Japanese Spider-Man is my friend introduced me to that like years ago, and it's it's amazingly bad. It's so haggard, and what's also absolutely insane is Japanese Spider-Man is what gave us Power Rangers, and I'm not kidding. Because when they bought Spider-Man, they didn't really have a whole lot for him to do. Like, they didn't have a whole lot to sell, marketing-wise. You have Spider-Man, and you have a couple villains, and then you have, like, maybe a motorcycle or a vehicle, and that's it. And so in order to uh, have more toys to sell, they gave Spider-Man a giant robot and like all this <laughs> yep. crazy shit and what's nuts is that was actually the first time that a character had a mech in a live action japanese show and so like all of the like power rangers and super sentai and uh all of those different armored you know fighting superhero characters that that have their own mechs and stuff that all came from japan buying spider-man and then giving him a giant robot Yep. <laughs> That's really funny. Nice. Wow. A little yeah. piece of trivia for the for the end of the episode there. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? I Was wanted that... to say how much I love you guys and how much I appreciate you having me back on to ramble. Hey, I love you too, man. It's always a good time. <laughs> Hi, man. We love you. We love you dearly. And we always have loved you dearly. Well, I've loved you dearly since I met you. I didn't love you before yes. I knew you, but... <laughs> but it's it's been like it's been goddamn i don't even know like 13 years or something for me now so yeah man I know, zach you've known him even longer than that so. <sighs> it's been like 20 years <laughs> it's been a long time it's like third Man, grade it was like five or six yeah it's it was a long time <laughs> it's been a good time though it's been good hell yeah best time <laughs> Hey man, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of people don't have friendships like that anymore, man. That's it's true. Crazy. 
you know? It's fucking nuts, man. I couldn't be more grateful for all my friends. I don't know how I managed to meet you guys in the small ass town of Erie, Pennsylvania, but <laughs> we did it. We did it. So I agree. Um, Brett, Brett and his uh, house parties found me a lot of friends. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Literally, almost all of my friends is. But <laughs> yeah, well, I'm happy to be of service, guys. <laughs> You're that popular uh, kid bringing all the friends over. Man, God. I just, I just loved having all my friends hanging out at one time. It was always a good time. It was, it is. I always look forward to it when we can when you're in town and stuff, so. I appreciate that. Hell yeah. Yeah, boy. I always love licking your butthole when I get there. I mean, oh, um, ooh, <laughs> as, that's, as that's, is always at the end of these episodes, we're, we're really <laughs> falling apart fast here. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. <laughs> we're really falling apart fast. Over here. But, uh, but hey, Barrett, do you want to, I know that you kind of plugged yourself in the last episode, but go ahead and plug yourself again as far as, you know, you. the stuff you're working on and what you're involved in. Yeah, um, for those of you listening, come on over to theholygoof.com or go to our YouTube channel, that is The Holy Goof, on uh, YouTube. You can find Brett's Flicks or Anime for Amateurs or Zach's Record Reviews. We have a bunch of different series of videos where we review albums and anime and film. I have a couple different think pieces where I talk about film theory uh, on the website, we just recently posted my uh, written review for Zack Snyder's Justice League. So go ahead and read that. I will also be having a review of Godzilla vs. Kong up there very soon. Spoiler alert, his review is a fluff piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't read it because I didn't feel like spending four hours reading a review because I already watched the movie. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> no, everybody, everybody else, go read that review to support the man. Yeah, everybody, do it. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> but, all right, man. Thank, thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having me, babe. Anytime. All right, and, and was... just uh, for anybody out there listening, uh, you know, as always, thank you for uh, checking us out. We're gonna keep trying to make these and get them out for you. Um, shout outs to. Uh, Theo Arvantinopoulos, I think that's how you say his name. Hello, um, yeah, the old T Nutty. He uh, <laughs> he he shot me a message on Snapchat uh, the other day and was telling me that uh, we need to keep making these because he really enjoys them. So um, nice. I just wanted yeah. to shout him out for uh, you know being a listener and uh, you know reaching out and letting us know that we're making some enjoyable content. So thanks, man, mm -hmm. if you're listening, we really appreciate you. These uh. Getting these last two episodes out have been more consistent than I think we've been since we started. So <laughs> it's, uh, let's just try to keep it up. Might be, but uh, <laughs> be good. yeah, circle back. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we appreciate the support. So, you know, and if you don't mind sharing our podcast out to your friends who might be interested in this kind of stuff, it'd be great. It's a nice, easy, free way for you to support us. So, yep. And there's, if there's ever a topic anybody wants us to talk about or wants to come on and talk about, just feel free to hit, any, hit us up. That's right. I need to make us like a, a Twitter or a Facebook group or something. Yeah, we do need to do something <laughs> like that probably or an Instagram. But uh, until yeah. until then, more than likely, most of the people listening are just our friends. So you can just reach out to us on Facebook or something Yes, on our personal <laughs> accounts. But we'll try to get some social medias up there for people who aren't who are listening um, and don't know us personally, if there are that yes. many of you out there. Um, so that so way, if you have... want to reach out and request some kind of uh, coverage, uh, you can do that. Yes, because I know we have 
We have somebody from Germany and some people from Turkey. They listen at least. So. <laughs> All right. So there's got to be more people in the U.S. that we don't know that are listening. So yes. Um, so. <laughs> But yeah, we'll get that stuff rolling so you guys can reach out if you want to suggest stuff. But, uh, but yeah, that's a long-winded thank you. So thank you. Yep, thank you very much. And I hope you have a great day, great night, whatever, wherever you are. So. <laughs> Thanks again, Brett, for coming on. We appreciate you, buddy, and we love you too. Yes. Love you too, guys. Thanks for having me.